0: Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. Happy Friday all, we are back with another talk show episode, The Fertility Connection here on Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox. One of the reasons I really, really love doing this talk show is because it brings a community into my life. Infertility can be extremely lonely and I know I spent hours and hours and hours time reading other people's stories looking at tips and tricks of what they did and a lot of the time i felt really sure of what i needed to do so i'm building a finding fertility community with different forum boards that you can be super active on and be around like-minded women to connect and be supported with But most importantly, getting the right advice and support that you need to have during your journey. So you can ask all sorts of types of questions. You can ask advice on what your doctor's saying, and I can give you maybe a different perspective on things or help you advocate for yourself and ask for certain testing. I can guide you along with diet and lifestyle advice and be there to be super supportive of all the hard times during this journey. So if you are ready to be part of a community and really start tackling what you need to do to get steps closer to your dream family, then head over to the website, findingfertility.co, and check out all the amazing benefits that you will receive when you've signed up to the Finding Fertility community. Now, without further ado, let's get to today's episode. Welcome back to another Finding Fertility podcast episode. We are here. It is week two of June with another talk show. We have dropped a few players today, so there's only a few of us. That's all right. We all have incredibly crazy lives, and I'm just super grateful that we can get together once a month and do this. So let's go around and see who we have today.
1: Hi, I am Devin Baeza, the Fertility Finance Coach. I help
2: women make, save, and manifest money for fertility treatment. I'm Sarah Clark, founder of Fab Fertile and host of the Get Pregnant Naturally podcast. And we have access to functional lab testing and help couples make diet and lifestyle changes. And I'm Monica
0: Cox and I help you explain your unexplained infertility through, yeah, the same as Sarah, testing and getting down to the root cause of what's actually really going on. So today we have got together because we want to talk about finances with the coronavirus exploding the whole entire universe, making oil prices negative. (laughs) Like, you know, there's some fucked up shit going on in the world when the oil companies will pay you to store barrels of oil. (laughs) So we all might be feeling the crunch. I know, I don't know what's going on in Canada, Sarah, or anywhere else in the world, but Donald Trump's writing us checks. And it's quite funny because he doesn't live in the world, (laughs) the real world, even though that check is nice and generous. It probably, for most of us, does not even cover a month of living, food, bills, you know, we're always going to receive money, being gracious, but the reality of it is, is a lot of us have lost our jobs or have been put on hold. I don't think we've seen the ramifications yet of what this is actually doing you know, There's all these huge knock-on effects that are going to happen and finances is going to be one of them for a lot of us. A lot of the fertility clinics closed, is that going to affect their finances? There's some questions there. Are they going to be able to reopen? Not just because the coronavirus is gone, which is never ever going to be gone. It's going to mutate and there's going to be 20, 21, 22, but that's another different podcast. <laughs> I won't get on my soapbox on that one. We wanted to get down and dirty about, how finance it controls our life, right? Everything you do. we talked about Jin Shinchero's book last time, and she has this quote in there that is like, "Everything you do is connected to money. You have a shower, you're paying for the water. You're eating food, you paid for that food. You know, other than sitting out in the sunlight to get your vitamin D, pretty much everything else you pay for
1: we can, you can't escape it. and even if you thought you could, if you're going through fertility struggles, you sure as shit cannot escape it. Even if you're just trying to eat organic or take supplements, you're not even considering going to a fertility treatment clinic yet. It costs money. And when you realize that having a baby is going to cost you a lot more money than it costs other people, there are certainly lots of thoughts, feelings, and fears that come along with that. And we're seeing people's money fears and money issues play out on a worldwide scale right now. Who would have ever guessed six months ago, people would be hoarding toilet paper, that our new currency would be toilet paper. It's bizarre the way that it shows up and comes out. But when we're in crisis, that's what happens. And so we're seeing that everybody's in this worldwide crisis and we're seeing their stuff come out. But women in fertility, you know if you're in a fertility struggle right now, you've been in crisis. So your issues have come to the surface already. And you've been dealing with the things that people are dealing with on a worldwide scale like scarcity, like being afraid there's no end. You know, the things that come up for us are now coming up for everybody.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we're all going to have to rethink our finances and plan for a future, you know. I mean, people are talking about this whole coronavirus pandemic going into Christmas or even into 2022. And it's kind of like, how do you even get your head around Such long terms of time like that, especially when you're going through infertility and every month counts for you, right? You are so hyper-aware of every month. So, what can we be doing to shift our mindset about, like you just said, the scarcity, the lack, the fear? We make poor decisions in fear, right? That's why all the fucking toilet paper is gone. Like that is like for me, that is like the dumbest thing to, to buy. I just I can't get my head around why you. Need so much fucking toilet paper when the
2: stores are still open? Yeah. Like there was never a threat of the stores closing. Maybe in in a times of scarcity, I'd be the one starving because I did not run out and stockpile toilet paper. <laughs> no. I'm like no fucking way. I I was not doing it. And when I went, luckily enough, I shop in a reasonable manner. I normally have a stockpile of toilet paper. I do this like little self-care quiz with my clients. And one of the questions is, do you have, it's it's a funny question I always laugh about every time, but like, it's like, do you have toothpaste? Do you have toilet paper? Do you have all these things? Cause it's like, or are you the kind of person you're like, oh shit, we're out and always running out to get it. So like, that's kind of your organization, but, and the self-care piece because you're putting extra stress on yourself. It'd be interesting because for me, I didn't panic. I didn't go do that stuff. Other people stockpiled $10,000 worth of the stuff and now they're trying to return it. And the, and the shops are like... Screw you. No, thank you. (laughs) I I think on two, is we we talked about the cost of infertility, and obviously, I use donor eggs. I had to pay a lot of money to have my children, and a lot of people, too, doing IVF, like an average takes an average of three cycles at a cost of 60K. So, this is very expensive, but also on the flip side, Raising children, I think in 2015, the stat was it takes, it costs over $230,000 to raise your child, one little child over 18 years and all the stuff you'll do for that child and all the programs and all the things that you will put this child in and spend money on. So right now, it sucks that we in the infertility space, as Monica has said before, and I've said too, you know, for us people, you know, the genetic switch was... Unfortunately, for us is infertility. other people, it could be cancer, diabetes, heart disease, whatever it is. We're sitting here, it's infertility. And to navigate the space where we either go the the conventional route, which I did and later found out, you know, I went that route, now I know there's other options, but that route's expensive. The functional medicine side of things, there still is an investment, not as expensive, nowhere near as expensive as IVF. But there's still a cost to this. And even if you just say, yeah, I'm going to start eating organic, eating organic is more money than eating conventional food. Devin's the expert on the money mindset. It also is mindset too. Do you have a scarcity mindset? There is not enough. Are you in like complete panic right now? Depending what sector you're in with your job, it could be very much real panic if you're in the travel sector, if you're in travel airline, like Monica's husband, Mm -hmm. in other sectors that have just been like the automotive like sectors that have just been decimated. That is a real fear. But I think that uncertainty, people dealing with infertility, we are in uncertainty. We're in ambiguity. Like every day, we don't know. And now the whole world is dealing with uncertainty, ambiguity, which we're saying could go on for years and years. And I think that just sends you into a tailspin of nothingness and insanity. And so it is to be able to, we talked on our last episode about responding rather than reacting, because you could go down that negative news spiral and react and just lose yourself in Complete giving up
0: what kind of bad choices do you make, Devin in fear around money? oh my gosh uh, every <laughs>
1: pretty much any time like you said earlier, that you 're making decisions from a place of fear it's it 's a bad decision it 's the wrong choice what i 'll commonly see with fertility is people who are either overwhelmed by the information and the responsibility and the realizations. And so they are sort of paralyzed into inaction. They have a fear of dealing with it. And so they just won't either deal with the underlying cause or just won't book their second appointment to go try an IUI or to move forward with IVF. That's one response. Another response is to move into a place of there's not enough, which is scarcity. So you need to take action now. And that might be doing whatever the doctor said. You didn't even get a second opinion. You just, whatever they said, I'm doing it. I have no time. I'm going to rack up credit card debt. I'm going to pull out money from my retirement. I'm going to refi my house at a bad time. They start making drastic choices too quickly without exploring other options because they were panicked about time. And so I could go on and on. There's a lot of different choices people make. And the the interesting thing is, your decision might end up being the same. You might still decide that you need to take money out of your 401k to fund your fertility. But when you do that from a place of peace and a place of calmness, and you have looked at all of your options, you've discussed it with your spouse, you guys have formulated a plan, you've come back at it from different angles, it still brings a much different energy to the situation. And I feel that even when the decisions are the same, You still want to make sure that you're coming at it from the right place. And that's the only way to decide what's right for you because fears are not facts. When we're feeling in that fight or flight mode, when we are feeling panicked, when we don't know what to do, you don't want to make any decisions from that place. You want to be aware that this is fleeting. This is an emotion. This is momentary. And you can only deal with what's at hand. Could this, you know, last until 2022? Maybe. Maybe. Can an asteroid come and kill us all before then?
2: Maybe. That was my son's fear this week. Like literally he's like, mom, the asteroid's coming. Like he was completely like losing it. I'm just saying, (laughs) when when you already have
1: anxiety, you could come up with a million things that are going to go wrong and you're just waiting for it and feel panicked about it. So really, you know, what might happen a year or two from now is completely irrelevant. What's happening today? What has actually happened? And what can you do... With it today, what's the next small step? If you have lost your job in all of this, if you have, you know, the stimulus check didn't go far enough, what's next for you? That might literally be, I clicked on indeed.com and looked at places that were hiring during this time. That's all I'm doing today. I'm not applying. I'm not uploading a resume. I am literally just looking for shits and giggles to consider the possibility that I might be having to find a different line of work. And then that's enough for today. And then tomorrow, what would be the next small step? The only way to get out of this overwhelm is to pick the next thing you have control over that you can do that doesn't include trying to predict the future.
0: Very much so you attract what you focus on. So if you are sat there worrying about money or your fertility in a very negative fearful way it's not going to like manif- like manifest manifest just sounds so woo woo but it's true like what you focus on grows what you focus on you attract to you so if you are all fear and anger and the asteroid's going to come it's going to fucking come if enough people focus on the asteroid coming that shit is coming towards us people so stop <laughs> um, yeah it's the hardest thing to do right and i would like give you like not a very good fertility example but we we just we found a house and it was what we wanted and corona started happening and my husband flies for hawaiian airlines there is a very real possibility that he wasn't going to have a job. And we were just like, what do we do? And it took us a really long time to stop making the decision from fear. Because every time we said no to the house, it came, I felt it. It came from this very real fearful spot that things wouldn't work out the way we wanted. So, we decided to buy the house in the midst of a fucking craziness. And, you know, my husband's job is secure until September, but there's still a very real possibility that he loses it. Because when this all started, no one would have said it was going to continue the way it did. We thought maybe a little shutdown. And now, like we're saying, people are talking a lot longer. And, I would say hands down the biggest industry that's going to get hit hardest is tourism because it's probably going to be the last one to pick up. But we just went into this with a mindset that what will be will be. When September comes, we will deal with what's going to happen. And I think like, that's kind of how we did our fertility journey as well. Like now we're a little bit more mindful about why we're making those decisions, or at least I am, maybe my husband knew this shit before, but um, you know, every step of our journey, we took time. And I'm just wondering, you know, you mentioned, making these really radical decisions about pulling your money out of your 401k, selling your house to fund your fertility, getting into loads of debt and doing round after round after round. And it's that scarcity of like, if I don't do it now, I'm getting old. I'd, you know, all those kind of things play into it. And we're actually making really poor decisions Obviously on a financial standpoint, but on an emotional standpoint, because all that's just going to keep fucking you up, right? You're just hoping for that golden, that golden egg and what if that golden egg doesn't come?
1: Right. And that, I mean, there's so many layers and levels to this. One thing that infertility will do is bring to light everything that isn't working and it'll expose patterns in your life. So if you have some deep seated money mindset issues, if you have some money blocks, those will probably be showing up. And until and unless you address them, they will keep showing up. And it's something to to actively be aware of and work on unless you want to keep making the same type of poor decisions. You will sabotage yourself hands down. And the other thing you said that I really want to bring up is that the trusting that you will be okay is really what it comes down to a lot of the times, what you're saying, what I hear you saying about the house is that naturally you guys were initially responding out of fears and you're trying to make decisions based on predicting the future. And then you decided that you couldn't do that. And that what you would do and what you know will happen one way or another is that you guys will be okay. So oftentimes it's not really a matter of how much We trust the president to give us enough money to make it, or we trust our spouse to not cheat on us, or we trust the universe to make things right and give us a baby. What it really comes down to is how much you trust yourself to be able to deal with whatever happens. So a measure of how much you trust anything and anybody else is really a measure of how much you trust yourself. And so one of the things that's helpful for my clients is that when they get into a fear mode, I'll have them write a list of things that they have succeeded at, things that they're proud of, things that they have overcome. And if you start writing that out for your whole life, there's usually a lot. And when you bring to your mind, you know, remind yourself that you've actually been through a lot of stuff. There've been a lot of bad days and you've come out of every single one of them. You've got scrappy and found a way that, that nobody else gets to decide the end for you, that you keep going until you decide. Those sorts of moments help us to come center ourselves back to a place in reality and make decisions based on our best interest and what we hope and wish for and our dreams of the future and not be making it choices from a place of what we're scared of and this, you know, dark, bleak future.
0: Small goals, right? That's what I always talk about. Your ultimate goal is getting pregnant. But if you hyper-focus on that, you're going to miss all the things that you need to do in order to get there. That looks different for everyone, but focusing on what you can control today. Like you say, tomorrow's like a whole nother shit sandwich, right? (laughs) You just need to get through today. And what can you do to make today better? And if that's like literally doing nothing and having, you know, a cry and just recentering yourself, that's what you do in that day. And then, like you say, just start small. Or if you're the type of person that you want to bust it all out in one day and apply for five different jobs or, you know, research different ways of getting your health together, your mental health, your finances. Or if you know you need medical support, where's the best place for you to go? I've got this really vivid memory after my second failed IVF And it was literally, I gave myself no time to process it. I was up at like 5 a.m. Googling the shit out of anything that I can Google because I was still unexplained at that time. I was fucking healthy, man. Like I should have got pregnant on that IVF. And instead of just... Allowing myself to grieve and step back and breathe, I was printing out surrogacy forms and looking into like, oh, just all different, like loads of stupid shit. And I remember being pissed off at my husband that he was like in bed doing what we should have both been doing, right? Like just releasing and letting go of everything and there I was trying to control the future in any way I possibly could
1: right you're like wake up stupid <laughs> get on your phone and google with me why are you why are you sleeping through this yeah because that's you gonna don't help you care about me <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did that to my husband all the time. I'm so irritated that he didn't want to spend every waking moment talking about this like I did <laughs> for for years on end. But it brings up another important uh, point, I think, about acceptance, which is not s- surrendering to the situation and giving up, but it is letting go of the angst associated with it. So like recognize your fears, your financial fears are are real. You know, the situation is intense. It's difficult, like acknowledge and honor that, but then accept that this is what it is. Your clinic is shut down. You cannot go back till August, whatever your situation might be, then what am I going to choose to do with this right now? Whether that's Develop a baby making budget. I'm gonna. We're gonna be working on that in the Fertile Money Club. Whether that's addressing your money mindset issues, you know, being aware of the thoughts and fears that are coming up for you, or the ways you tend to sabotage yourself. You just went and spent all your stimulus, you know, on Amazon Prime. (laughs) What have you done? You know that during all of this what is your natural response to financial fears now is a good time to be able to bring to light and gain some insight as well and it's the best time to plan out what you want your future to be instead of just constantly reacting we're sort of on a forced timeout right now and so there are things you can be doing from a healthy place to work not just on your financial fears but on your fertility in general
0: yeah, 100%. You know, Obviously, Sarah and I are banging on about how this time you can be doing, you can Im- improve your health, improve your chances. So if you decide to go back to your IBF clinic or your doctors that you're giving yourself this massive leg up. And I think with the finance part of that, I know when I started doing my own health journey, I was like, here's more money. I'm just throwing it away. I felt like I was throwing away on IVF clinics. And here I am throwing it away on health because at the time I didn't have the information that this shit actually did work. (laughs) So now when an investment comes to me of bettering myself, I'm like, yep, here's my money. I know that money is well spent because you don't necessarily feel with health coaching that you're getting a return on investment quite quickly, right? Where I think with like medical assistance, you it's like that tangible thing. You get the needles, you get the drugs, you go through this process where with the health coaching, it is very much more long and not tangible. And here we are saying, you have to do all the work I can lead you. I can guide you. I can tell you what you need to do, but I can't do it for you where the IVF clinics are like, this is what you're going to do. And we're going to do all the hard work other than injecting yourself. For me, most of my clients have done IVF. They've done IUI. They've bought all the books. They've bought all the supplements. They have done everything, right? They've done programs online with other mindset people. I don't even know what the percentage is, but the small amount of people that like myself, that none of that shit is going to work for them because there's, there's just that missing piece. And so they come and I feel like they have spent their money, right? And it is a very... Hard thing to get their head around of like, I've got to invest again in myself.
1: I think that the acceptance of this is what it costs is important because here's the thing that I find with most people it's the expectation you had that this money was going to get you this result and the fact that it didn't that is so upsetting. And then also the not seeing the end of it. So if I told you in the beginning, this baby is going to cost you a hundred thousand dollars. It will take you two IUIs and three failed IVFs, two health coaches, and eventually you will land on Monica's program. And that will be the last thing that you have to invest in to get pregnant and have this baby. You would probably be okay with it. You would be pissed for a little bit. And then you would be like, how am I coming up with a hundred grand? How do I get through these steps? Can I hurry up and get through these failed IVFs so that I can move on? Because this is what's going to happen to get me my baby. The problem is that you don't know that. Mm -hmm. You just don't know when it's going to end. And the not knowing... Is so so hard. Like if I had told if I told you that once you had this baby, they had a medical condition that was gonna require surgery, it was gonna cost you a hundred thousand dollars. Would you come up with a hundred thousand dollars to save your child's life? Yeah, you would. Can you come up with a hundred thousand dollars to create your child's life? Yeah, you can. It's not a matter of if you can do it, it's the resolve to do it one way or another, and it's accepting the not knowing and
0: moving forward anyways, that are oftentimes the hardest part. And I just want to point out too, that if you do any other kind of holistic thing along your way, you're improving your health. So when you finally get to me, <laughs> like it makes my job a little bit easier. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a culmination well, of we things. Skip,
2: skip the 60K and just go right to the functional <laughs> side and do that first. I don't know. Like I think in, in this space, there's, as we say, it's like three cycles at a cost of 60K. Like why is, why do we go there first? Like let's, figure out what, why it's not working in the first place. And I think with like around the, the money thing, yeah, like our mindset in it, is it, does it come and it just comes and flows right out because we're just spending? Or is it the scarcity to see kind of where you stand? I'm sure Devin's got a whole different types of money mindset as to what people are. But I think like a tangible thing is, and Devin did this in her, one of her challenges is like, if you're looking for cash, we all have stuff in our fucking house. Like I just sold a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, we all have junk in our house that is not junk to someone else and is junk to us. So if we need some money to invest in a program, invest in ourselves, we have it there, or we can take that and save it for the future. If, you know, if we're unemployed right now, but you know, I listen to Gary Vee, who's my, my entrepreneurial God. And yeah, he talks about this all the time because people are like, I don't have any money to, to make YouTube videos or to do all these things. What do I do? He's like, look in your house. We all have the stuff. So there's things we can do right now, and I do think in the infertility space that that we're thinking that that we need to go right to the fertility clinic. That we need to spend, because a doctor has told us, you know, that we need to spend twenty thousand dollars to to make this happen. There's other ways of looking at this, and you know, this episode is not on that. We're talking about our money mindset, so it is to see what type are you. And what is, what are your thoughts on money? My thoughts on money is it's always there, but I love spending it. So that's never been my issue. The money has always been always around and then Sarah keeps spending. So not until I got honest with that, hired a person to help me on that. And I wanted to kill her the whole entire fucking time. I just, it was a money coach and I just wanted to beat her, but I paid to have her. She came in and she beat us up every month and we got herself. And now I look at my budget because both of us didn't look at it. We look at our budget. We look to see what we're spending. Are we always perfect? No, because our issue is to spend. Even if it just keeps coming in, all the money, see where you are. Maybe for you, the money never comes because you you think it won't. When we went through the with donor eggs, we had to spend money and we used our own money because we were both working and we had it. And I didn't even think, like to me, money was not even an issue, but we did go into debt there. But I... Figured it out, and I don't know. So that comes from my upbringing, my dad who was a spender, all these kind of things. So that's like a whole other podcast on going back to your childhood to see where that stuff comes from. But with the mindset with with money, like it's deeply held beliefs that we don't even know are there, and that's this whole entire process of working on yourself.
1: Yeah, we're so the, <laughs> yeah the, that is a whole another episode. Um, but I think we always come back to that, right? We always come back. And that's it, where it starts. Exactly. We have to. And, and so in the Fertile Money Club, so I did launch that five-day challenge you're talking about, Sarah, which was interesting in and of itself because even just asking people to go through their closet or to organize one area, you know, we feng shui it and talk about attracting more money in. And then I asked people to, you know, find something to list it. And even... That exercise brought up so many different issues and feelings for people. Like, I don't have anything worth selling. Nobody's going to want my stuff. I had one person who told me about some vintage posters they had from the 90s from when they were into grunge rock that nobody was going to want, what, what should I do with these? And I was like, are you out of your mind? Every dude on eBay, every nerd in their mom's basement wants those. The crew is now, now the thing, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. People want that. Like, it's so interesting to see what comes up. And so this first month we are working through our money memories. And the reason is I can give people all of the practical tools. I can give them the budgeting spreadsheets. We can talk about, you know, should they refi their home? None of that matters if you don't address your money mindset issues, which are usually originated from our childhood. And they are beliefs that we don't recognize, that we don't realize we have. And until they're identified, stopped and reprogrammed, they sabotage you like You have plenty of money coming in because your belief is, I always have money. Money is everywhere. So that that is what happens in your life. And then you get rid of it as fast as it comes in. That's a separate block. So then there's people who are in a scarcity mindset who think there's never enough money. Well, guess what? They make sure happens in their life that they never have enough freaking money. Like We only want to prove ourselves right. We have a belief and we only look for evidence to prove ourselves right. Because what happens if we're right? We feel safe. We have successfully predicted the future. We can say yet again, ooh, I guessed it. I knew there wouldn't be any money this month and there wasn't. I'm right again. We are always proving ourselves right. So be aware of that. In your response to money fears that you're having per fertility or worldwide crisis, what are your tendencies? What patterns are coming up? Because you're going to have to start there if you want to make meaningful, lasting
2: change. It was interesting when I was doing, we were looking around the house because we sold our house in the middle of the pandemic and we're moving. And so, with that, we're cleaning everything out. So, we did sell a few things, but our thing is like, oh, let's just either we gave all kinds of things away to my friends. So, I gave a bunch of stuff away and we put things out in the lawn to take it for free. Then I'm like, why do we do that? It's interesting that because I was just like, why am I giving it away when I could have sold it? Like, I'd have a
1: few theories, but that would be a whole other
2: show too. I know. Where I'm like, I literally remember we had this this bought awning on when we first moved to this house. It was probably like a thousand dollar awning and we took it off the side of the house. We put it on the front lawn. It was gone in like an hour and we could have sold that. So both of us have that thing. And then as I say, yeah, but that's a whole other thing. You can analyze it later. <laughs>
1: You can book a session with me directly. I'll send you the link, Sarah. Yeah, no kidding.
0: When you start this journey, when you start the mindset, the diet, the lifestyle, you realize that it's all connected. Finances, health, wealth, life. It's all one. It's all energy. And it is literally just going back and confronting those subconscious issues. And I think that's hands down the hardest thing you'll ever have to do in your journey. It is... Scary and emotional. And I think a lot of people, we talked about this before, you know, we've been told to shut down our emotions. So it's hard to get through those things. But um, I really hope this episode has helped you guys during this time. I know it's a you know it's a big thing just dealing with infertility and finances and now with the world spinning on a different axis for you know a few more months, which is a good and a bad thing I think you just take this time to maybe refocus on your energy and, how you feel about money and shift those focuses and come out of this huge pandemic with a better mindset about finances and how you can control them. Thank you so much for joining us again, ladies, always a pleasure. And if you want to connect with any of us, you can find them down in the show notes and we will see you next Tuesday for another closer to day clip. Thank you once again for joining us here on Finding Fertility. If you would like to connect with any one of the beautiful women here on the talk show, The Fertility Connection, all their information is down in the show notes. If you are loving this podcast, please feel free to leave us a rating and review. Let us know how this podcast is helping you move through your fertility journey and what you want to hear more of. That's it for me today. Have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Tuesday for another Closer Today clip.